0: welcome to the continual growth podcast where we help you kill every day and own your fucking life. I'm Bawanka and we got two special guests today. They go by Sam Dema and Dylan Mendez. Boys, how you doing today? Really good. Happy to be here,
1: man. Yeah, man, me too. Can't complain. I'm gonna enjoy this show right now. <laughs>
0: okay, so these are two special kids like these guys are actually out here changing the world and one piece of garbage at a time. Okay. So Sam Demo has been on the podcast before. He came on, on episode 19. You can hear like his full story, how all of this started, uh, on episode 19. Today we're going to touch on it a little bit and we're just going to be giving you more information on, on how these guys are changing the world. So if we could, uh, if you could just start out, Sam, and just let us know, uh, how you started and, and how, how Dylan got involved and, and where you guys are right now.
1: Yeah, definitely. So the origin of our movement actually started when I was in high school. Mm-hmm. We're, we're both, I'm, I'm 19 now. That was 18 turning 19 in October. He actually has the same birthday as a guy named Team Alistair, which is totally funny. We just found out today. That was crazy. And uh, anyways, I had a very inspiring teacher in high school in grade 12 who was like super passionate about world issues. And every single day he'd get up and yell in our faces telling us that we have the power, not the institutions. Because the institutions are the minority. Mm -hmm. The more people, the majority is the people, right? And by realizing that power, that we could change the world. And on one day in class, he was speaking about figures in history. You know, people who have massively impacted our planet. You know, Malcolm X, um, Martin Luther King, Gloria Steinem, Gandhi, the list went on and on. And he took those figures and he broke down their lives. Like trying to prove to us that if we copied or used some of the same traits they had in their lives and embodied them in ours that we too could change the world and so the one thing that he showed us that was common among them all was that they all took these small consistent actions that led to their global massive changes Mm -hmm. that's all it was a passion and a small consistent action and so i left class that day with this like burning desire within me to try and make a change in my community and i was like super confused. I had no idea what I was going to do to make a change, but I trusted in my teacher's theory. And 14 days after that class or after the semester, I was walking home. My walks are about 40 minutes long. And literally on that 14th day, the answer to that question, how am I going to change the world, kind of just hit me. As cliche as it sounds, like a coffee cup blew across like in front of my feet and instantly clicked. And I realized that there's garbage everywhere and the environment, something I was always passionate about, but I pushed the aside because of soccer. That I'm gonna just take this small action and pick it up. And so for four months, I just started picking up litter while walking home from school, trusting in my teacher that his theory was correct and it would grow into a massive movement. But I was not ready to turn it into an initiative until Dylan like came into the picture and really turned things around.
2: Yeah, I was driving home one day in grade twelve, and in my grade twelve year. I found myself always, you know, following the status quo and doing what everyone else was doing. And I had one goal in mind, and that was to get into a good university program. And I worked hard for 10 months. I didn't miss a day of homework. I grinded so much and I got in. And when you work hard for something for almost a year, you would think you would feel some sort of, you know, excitement or joy. Yeah. And I didn't. It was at that moment that I realized that I'd been pursuing an interest, but not a passion. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to find out what my passion was, but I couldn't connect the dots. I saw him driving home and I, I'm like, like what the hell are you doing? like why are you picking up trash? And he explained to me the theory he just explained to you and it made so much sense to me. So I gave him a call and I said, listen, if you do this on your own, that's great. If I help you, it's even better. But what if we turn this into a movement And that day was July 1st of 2017 and that was the day that Pick waste was born that's kind of how it started
0: okay, okay, this is, this is an incredible
2: story man. <laughs> I love
0: hearing it yeah um okay, so like, since the last time you were on this podcast, like you, you guys are all about to continue. you guys are growing like crazy. Like, I remember when I, when I first started seeing you guys, had, you didn't have that many people come to, to your like, to, to the meetups and now it's, it's, it's crazy. I remember one of them there was like over 100 people at them. That's, that's incredible. Um, so let's talk about the, the event that we had. So we had an event. Um, the cigarette butt blitz, and that was on that was on August first. We had a, we had a pretty good turnout, but yo, I learned a lot from that. I learned a lot. We were just picking up cigarettes. Just I've never picked up cigarettes before, and it was only for one hour. But yo, I learned so much about like yo, I had no clue there were so many cigarette butts. I would walk for probably like twenty feet and pick up twenty butts, yeah. and, and I'm like yo, this is this is actually crazy. Yeah. And I remember I saw you, Sam. I saw you. You were like. you you were running you were running i'm like man this guy loves this shit i'm like yo he's crazy i remember you said to me you're like you're like you want to you know, want to know how to how to get stuff that the other people haven't picked up you just got to go farther than that. and you took off running i'm like yo this guy is all about this man and there was a there was a, a a young guy with me too and and just from that he learned like yo i gotta start picking up garbage i gotta take i gotta at least hold my own yeah so he, he learned a lot from just from that, but, um, let's, let's get
1: more into it. Like what's, what's, why do we pick to, to pick up cigarette butts? Definitely. So I'll start it off. probably mm-hmm. add some things, but essentially we actually have a funny phrase that deals with the problem of cigarette butt pollution. Mm-hmm. And it is this idea that it's a small gantic issue. The problem with it is that a cigarette butt is so small, right? You look at it, it's like a couple inches, maybe a couple centimeters long yeah. People think that because it's so small, it has no significance or no impact on the environment. Yep. And so everyone disregards the fact that it might actually cause, uh, harm to the environment until so they throw it out the window. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's just one. Oh, it's so small. It's not going to do anything. The problem with that, if you look at the stats now, cigarette butts are the most littered object worldwide Damn. because they have the small, gigantic mindset. It's a small issue. It doesn't yeah. do anything. Yeah. When everyone has that collectively, it ends up being the biggest issue in the world. Mm-hmm. And so the problem with the cigarette butt is there's over 4,000 chemicals in the actual cigarette. And so if it lies on the ground or goes into the ocean and stays there over time, those chemicals will seep out. Right? You want to touch upon the filter real quick?
2: For sure, yeah. It's actually very ironic because the purpose of the filter is to prevent those chemicals from entering your body. Mm-hmm. When you throw it out, it pollutes itself into our atmosphere into the waters that we drink, the soil that grows our vegetables, and the oxygen that we breathe. So in turn, we're actually consuming those chemicals in a different way, in a different form, which is very, very funny. And that's like the fundamental message of thick waste. It is that the vitality of humanity is just a reflection of the condition of the environment. And we use three basic resources that we need to live. Some people think it may be water, food, and Wi-Fi, but no, it's water, food, and air, right? And we need those to live. We need those to thrive. Yeah. But if we pollute them all the time, it's not going to be very beneficial for us to grow and continually grow at our maximum potential. Yeah. And we live in
0: we live in Toronto, too, so it's like, you know, there's so much pollution here. And, like, when I go on my runs in the morning, it stinks. Yeah. Like, it's terrible. So. I found like a park close to my house and I started doing like running in there. You run in there, you breathe, you can smell like the air smells good in there because of like the trees and everything. But right when you leave the park, oh my God, yo, it it (laughs) stinks. Like it just hits you like like a ton of bricks and you just smell all the
1: garbage and you realize like, yo, this is pure pollution everywhere. I actually want to add something to the cigarette butt conversation as well. Because if you're looking at it from a different perspective, from a different discipline, Mm -hmm. from the farming side of it, farming tobacco and the agricultural aspect is not sustainable either. And it's bad for the environment. Any type of mass farming where you use fertilizers or pesticides is just as bad. So one, it's bad for the environment in terms of a farming perspective Two, it's bad environmentally because of the chemicals that leak out of it. As Dylan said, the filter is meant to keep all the chemicals and that's all that's left after you finish smoking it and then you throw it on the ground. All the chemicals are left in the filter. That's going to seep into water or whatever. And then thirdly, and most importantly, in my opinion, is that it's bad for yourself. You know, you know it's a fact that it's going to cause cancer. So if that's not enough leverage and reasons why you shouldn't smoke for one and throw it on the ground, then I, have, like, I don't know what else to tell you. You got to create so much pain for yourself that you stop doing things. You know, we're motivated by pain and pleasure. Those three things should stop you from smoking right now.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So... The other day it was probably i think it was this weekend but i was i was looking out my window and i could see there was like there was a party going on like a, a like a big street party and it was like in a parking lot so it wasn't it wasn't that big of a parking lot either and there was a huge dumpster like they brought a huge dumpster and it was empty One well, like in the beginning of the day there was absolutely nothing in the dumpster i'm like i hope they don't fill that whole thing up with with garbage right so the whole the day goes by the party goes on and At nighttime comes and I look at the dumpster and the whole entire... Like, this was a huge, huge dumpster. The whole thing was full of garbage. And it's just from, like, a small area having a party that wasn't that big. So, what the hell is happening in in the rest of the world? And, like, yo, where is all this garbage going?
2: Yeah, for sure. So, like, a lot of it definitely goes to landfills. And even if, you know, you don't compost or don't recycle, if that object gets trapped in a bag. So you throw an apple core in a bag Mm -hmm. that doesn't get compostable, that doesn't biodegrade because it needs one thing to Mm biodegrade. That's oxygen. And if it's not exposed to it, nothing will happen. And recycling as well. This is something that we both learned very recently that if a recyclable material, such as like a bottle or a can, if that's not clear, if it's not cleaned, mm-hmm. that can't be recycled.
0: Oh, really? Yeah.
2: yeah like, I didn't know that for sure. Yeah. It's like so many small things like the takeout containers, like the, the, the black ones with the clear lids. Yeah. That black portion is not recyclable in the city of Toronto. No? No. Like so, so many small things, coffee cups, not recyclable in the city of Toronto, but recyclable in other parts of Canada. Mm-hmm. Right. So, so many different things that people might not necessarily care about, but they're just not educated about. Yeah. And, and that's the issue that we're trying to deal with as well as the education point of view. <laughs> It's not their fault they were not exposed to them. Yeah, right? and that's what we're trying to provide when we speak, when we go to these corporate events, when we speak at conferences. Is just to provide information and empower them to act on. It. Yeah, you can. Oh. Sorry,
1: I'm just to add something real quick. You can think of like three locations it ends up. Like one of them is a landfill, like Dylan said, underground, yeah. which is terrible. The second one is uh, incinerator, so they either burn it. They burn you, it and then it, it just usually into turns into smoke. The yeah. There are some sustain, like more sustainable practices in Sweden where yeah. they like limit that amount of smoke that comes out. Yeah. Um, but it's still, it's not sustainable. You can't do that for a long period of yeah, time. Yeah. Like,
0: like, what's, what's going to happen if, if they just keep putting
1: it under the earth? Eventually yeah. they're going to run out of places to, to put, put it. You know? Yeah. Not just that, but it actually leaks something called leche, which is like imagine if you had a bunch of garbage underground. It's really hot near the core. Mm-hmm. And over time it breaks down and it's juice. It's like a dirty juice leaks out. They're supposed to have like a concrete, it's like they're supposed to build a concrete yeah. underground like yeah. casket. Yeah. Um. But over time, the water leaks out and it leaks out into the underground water tables and that leads to oceans right away, right? And so those are the three locations. The third location I didn't mention is just littered on the ground. Mm-hmm. So it's burned, landfilled or littered. And then also you touched upon the recycling fact. I heard a fact that said Ninety four percent of of Canadians uh, the recycling yeah, doesn't it's get it's recycled, recycled yeah. because if one can like you said has food on it it wrecks the whole bin. Wow. You cannot recycle it. So like we either need to start recycling properly, everyone. Yeah. Which means that we need mass education for like everything. I just I just got educated. I thought I was doing good because yeah. even I, before the last
0: uh, before the last time I saw you I wasn't recycling and I had recycled. In, in the past but yeah. when I moved to Toronto like I was misinformed someone told me like ah, they, nobody really cares about recycling here yeah. it all is going to the same place and I stopped caring about it and then you came and I'm like wow like yo I gotta get back on my recycling yeah. so I got back on my recycling but now you just
1: informed me like yo it's gotta be clean so I'm, I'm yeah. gonna start cleaning it but it's, I think it's all about education. Yeah, man. Even businesses, like, you know, the, remember we were looking at some facts, me and Dylan about companies mm-hmm. and depending on the size of your company, you're not required to compost or recycle. And it's an added fee. You actually have to pay for it if you're on a private property. Wow. Like it's good that we get it at schools and at our homes. But if you're a business owner, yeah. if you don't have over like 50 employees, you're not required to do it. And so that's like a major harm because like Around here is a lot of small companies mm-hmm. that don't have over a certain amount of employees. And so they can just toss everything in the trash because it saves money, right? You don't have to spend money on, on a company to come and pick it up. Okay, so mm-hmm. I remember last time the,
0: the tip that you gave was, was that uh, you, need, you need to use a re- reusable bottle mm-hmm. and cut out the, the plastic bottles. So like I've been hearing a lot of bad things about plastic and, and just like it's never it's never going to leave and I like I've been places where I just like you plastic never, never goes like you can tell like something's been there for like 20 years yeah. and it's, it's still just chilling there and it's plastic. So I, I heard like a crazy stat about like um, in I don't know what by what year, but there's supposed to be more plastic in the ocean than fish. You guys you guys know about that already. Can you, yeah, Can you touch on that a little bit?
2: Yeah, essentially like it goes out to single use plastics as well, so not just bottles. Mm-hmm. And you've probably seen, you know, plastic floating in Malaysia or Bali, like around the coast. Yeah. And it's real. But it's not only happening there. It's not only happening in Canada, it's happening all over the world. And the problem is people use single use plastics out of convenience. But they don't look at the negative effects that it can have on the world. Yeah. What if I tell you right now that there's a negative effect that it can have on your own life right now? And there was a professor from New York State University who conducted an experiment with a plastic water bottle. She said that for every one liter of water in that plastic bottle, there are 10 microplastics in that same bottle. So a microplastic is the size of the width of your hair. Yeah. Or something so small. Okay. So we're actually consuming microplastics when you drink water from a plastic bottle. Oh, yeah. And yeah, that's that. I didn't, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Sure, It's crazy.
1: So you're, you're basically drinking the pollution yeah. and then to take it even further, if there's more plastic than fish in the ocean, little pieces of microplastics look like fish eggs, mm-hmm. fish eat them, sharks eat the fish or bigger fish eat small fish. The bigger the fish, the worse it is for you. Cause it's consumed a lot of smaller fish that have eaten plastic. Mm-hmm. And then we eat the fish. So basically we're just
0: destroying the earth and then destroying ourselves. Yeah.
1: Slowly over time. Right. Cause like Dylan said, we're sustained off the environment Yeah, and like, Everything's gonna become unsafe to eat. Like it's kind of weird to think about it, but if we don't stop and change our current practices, mm-hmm. like something's gonna happen. Hundred percent. Yeah, man. Okay, so um, I've seen you guys have been
0: doing like a lot of a lot of speaking gigs and, and trying to wave, raise awareness. And then where are you going with all of that?
2: Yeah, for sure. So we we speak to motivate others about the pollution solution. Yeah. As well as empower individuals to find their passion and align that same passion with their actions. You see we've spoken a lot about different issues about plastic bottles, pollution, garbage waste. And I think it's very important that we talk about one issue that you can apply to your own lives. And if you go and go home and you're know, like throw out all the plastic bags, get rid of this, get rid of that. Yeah. It's not very sustainable. It's not very, you know, appropriate. But if you start with like one small thing at a time, mm-hmm. then it will lead to a massive change. And I think that's that's what continual growth talks about as well. Just yeah. pick one thing at a time. That's what we talk about when we speak, you know, just take one small action. Once you kill that, once you, you know, destroy that point of view and apply that to your own life, then take on the next one then mm-hmm. the next step as well. So we do have speaking gigs coming up. So we started with speaking at schools, then we switched uh, to conferences and companies as well as schools. Yeah. And I'm speaking at TEDx Waterloo, October 13th, Amazing. again, I'm about pick waste and about the theory behind it. So hopefully yeah. that brings us more exposure and people hear more about our story.
1: Definitely.
0: Amazing. Okay. So... Let's talk a little bit about Awareness Day because you guys had Awareness Day. You had a huge turnout, over 100 people. Tell us, tell us a little bit about that
1: and, and, and how everything went. Definitely. So, Awareness Day happened on August 18th. Essentially, we planned to have it on July 1st. That would be our one-year anniversary. Mm-hmm. But we had some confusion with dates, times, and permits. Yeah. And so, we pushed it back to August 18th. F- uh, rewind four months to May. That's when we decided that we wanted to do this event. Essentially, we've picked up a lot of trash over the past uh, year and a bit now, but a year and three months. And right now, we're over 700 bags. Back then, we were at about 550. And we decided that picking up trash is great, but it's not the solution to the problem. Because if we pick up garbage and then people throw it on the ground again, it doesn't solve an issue. If people are still buying the products we're picking up, it doesn't solve the issue, right? It's a way for us to raise awareness. There's a dude named Malcolm Gladwell. He's like a famous thinker. He has a bunch of really interesting books. One of them is called The Tipping Point. And the main idea in the book is how do you turn a movement into an epidemic, Mm -hmm. something that goes like worldwide. And one important key thing he talked about was this idea known as social proof, that we we decide or determine the correct behavior in society by seeing what other people are doing. Think of this for a second. Have you ever watched Seinfeld or a comedy show? Yeah. You know when they tell a joke and there's an automatic laughter that comes on the TV in the background yeah. and it makes you laugh? Yeah. That's social proof. You hear other people laughing and you're more inclined to laugh. Mm-hmm. You ever went to a uniform school where everyone's wearing a uniform and you're wearing a t-shirt? Uh, I, I, I never went to a no. uniform school. But... but you can relate yeah. to the, the idea, right? Yeah. That kid wearing the t-shirt is like, oh snap, I'm supposed to be wearing a uniform. Mm-hmm. And he quickly goes home and changes and gets the uniform on because the correct behavior is modeled by many people in society. Yeah. And so when we're more outside with 30 people on a Saturday morning, young people yep. picking up trash, we're actually practicing social proof because everyone who's driving by is seeing us. That's
0: that's true. Like when we were doing when we were doing How like people talk the to state, everybody's like, oh man, good job, man. Good job. Like you guys, you guys are doing the right thing. You guys are, you guys are helping the planet. Yeah. And like, yo, people just
1: kept stopped They kept talking. Yeah. yeah. So like I'm just going to finish that. i I'm kind of going off yeah. topic but basically so we the solution is to raise awareness and then have a systemic change and so that was awareness, that's what awareness day was all about yeah. so for 4 months from may to to august we kept all the recycling we collected at our weekly cleanups in our backyards mm-hmm. and i think it was june sometime that your neighbors tell tell us where we're your neighbor
2: yeah so we it was like split 50/50 and then it was like pressed against my neighbor's fence around yeah. the area and they they complained to the city yeah. That, that, yeah, cause like they said it was like, it was only recycling, so it didn't smell bad, but they're like, nah, I'm get this out of your, out of your backyard. It's not good for my health. And I'm like, I'm not good for your health. Okay, cool. But the garbage is everywhere anyway, right? So we just moved it to Sam's backyard. Yeah. And, but the, the plan didn't change. The, the goal did not change. The mission didn't change. It just got altered a little bit, but yeah.
1: Yeah, so over those four months, we collected 120 bags of recycling stacked up in my backyard. And the idea was to take that, tr- the, the recycling, and station it in front of our old high school as a visual cue to our community about how much litter there actually is. And to empathize even further with the thought of this issue in a third world country, or somewhere where they don't have any disposal of garbage. Like imagine how dirty it would actually be. And we can see that through videos, but you actually have to put yourself in that kind of position in their shoes to kind of think about that kind of thing, right? That's amazing. And so we, we catered food, um, we stacked up the garbage statue, statue, 120 bags. Um, we got the mayors to come and speak. Yeah. We were featured on CTV news, CBC news, city news, yes. all just covering the story, right? To raise more awareness. And it, and it was a big success. So, man, You guys are actually killing it. Shout out, shout out <laughs> to both of you guys <laughs> Thanks, for, for
0: holding it down. So it's basically, it's just all about awareness and trying to just get society to change. And I can, for real, I can actually see it and I can feel it because like, I noticed the change that just happens in me. Like, the other day I was at the store and one day, like I said, no, I don't need any bags. I just carried it by hand. Another day I saw a sign that said, like, ask us for a, for, a, for a brown bag. And I asked them for a brown bag. And I'm like, I would have never done that before if I didn't come on, like, the podcast. If I didn't meet you. You know what I mean? So it's, I think what you guys are doing is incredible. Um, but what happens in the winter time?
2: So yeah, in the time, we can't pick up trash. Yeah. Uh, so we go as far as till we can. So when there's snow on the ground, until then, I'm picking up trash. Yeah. doesn't matter if it's minus 10, minus 20, we go out. Uh, until we see white snow on the ground, then we stop. And then we're 100% engaged with speaking. Mm-hmm. So speaking at schools, conferences, companies, booths, setups, as much as we can to gain exposure as well as partnerships. We want to establish strategic partnerships with companies and the universities. Mm-hmm. So we partnered up with this, this huge chapter called Enactus. And Anactus is a platform for social ventures to grow, and and they provide the resources and financial need to help companies grow, and they picked Pickways. We partnered up with Anactus Waterloo, and they are helping us with an, a new sort of idea or product that we're implementing called the Pickways Party Pack. Mm-hmm. Essentially, like you said, you went to you saw. Uh, some people at the block they threw out like a, a bunch of party stuff and it was it was a full dumpster. Yeah. Right. So we want to sell biodegradable party materials because if you're hosting a party, you have so much planning to do. Yeah. The last thought on your mind may, may not be you know sustainable products. Yeah. Right. So we we bought these expensive products in bulk to lower the cost of them and we sell them in a bundle mm-hmm. to people and it's it's very quick it's very efficient. So this chapter is helping us grow and sort of implement this idea and this products so we can sell it to people. Come in the summer, so it's a lot of planning to do in the winter yeah. and execution in the summer. Also, uh,
1: maybe not this year, but we're potentially planning maybe next year over the winter time to fundraise from with big companies and get a sponsor to sponsor me, Dylan, and maybe a team of like ten people to go overseas. So go we'll, like Mexico or like a little city somewhere yes. and do like a cleanup with their community. And, like, really bring people together. So that's, are, like, another idea. You guys are continually growing. Yes, sir. <laughs> okay, so you're always talking to kids. I think it's amazing
0: that you're talking to, like, to the, to the youth because it's they're very easy to, to impact, and, and that's that's the next generation. Those are the ones that are going to help help clean up this, this whole entire world. So what kind of feedback and things are you getting from the kids?
2: 100%. So uh, I'll kick it off. Uh, a lot of principals have asked us to come back for one simple reason. It's because of passion. We're passionate young individuals. You don't have degrees in environmental science or sustainability yet, but we've built credibility through passion Mm -hmm. and committing to small consistent actions. There are incredible environmental speakers, don't get me wrong, but one thing that a lot of them are missing is youth. Mm -hmm. And we really try to connect with our youth. It's a different message coming from someone who's 40 versus early, early 20s or 18 years old yeah, right? and, and, and that's our message and we get people who are inspired who are motivated they're like i want to start own pick chapter in x city mm-hmm. and we say that's great that's so amazing and we have teachers who come up to us crying um it, it's an amazing experience we always say channel the motivation right because that motivation yeah. itself is not sustainable yeah right find whatever you're passionate about whether it's environmental initiatives sustainability or maybe it's another social justice issue Find your passion yeah. and align it with those actions. Channel the motivation if it's something great. But if it's just motivation, it's not sustainable. For sure. And, and, and that's the message that we share. And
1: yeah, after we finish speaking and you see like the smile on like little kids' faces yeah. and they put their hand up and ask funny questions like, I'm going to stop, stop picking up garbage. Or like, what happens to the garbage in the sewer? And they're yeah. asking us all these questions and it's just like, it just lightens us up. Because you know, like you're putting these thoughts in young kids' heads mm-hmm. and they're going to grow up like hopefully with a different like outlook because because we spoke in front of them. Absolutely. And uh, it's very it's very impactful for both of us. We love it. Okay, so I know you guys have that you guys have that passion and I know it
0: led to led to a big award. You wanna talk about that award? Yeah,
1: so me and Dylan were both named two of the top twenty five under twenty five environmentalists all throughout Canada. And that was a it's a big milestone for us. Congratulations, you know, man. That's that's big. No, thank you. Yeah, we done we done a lot of work and I'm actually gonna talk about this story real quick called the bamboo tree story, because everyone usually sees the success and doesn't realize the work. And essentially I know Dylan, we both love this story. Like it's like one of our favorite analogies to use. Essentially there's a type of bamboo tree that grows in China. And for the first year, it doesn't even pop a stem out of the ground. But after that first year, it grows 40 feet to full height in like three weeks. Damn. And so think of this analogy. All right. Imagine you have a neighbor and you planted this, this bamboo tree in front of your, in front of your yard. And you and your neighbor go outside every morning and start watering your plants. And your neighbor sees you every morning watering a patch of dirt and nothing's growing out of it. Soon enough, your neighbor thinks you're an idiot, thinks you're stupid. He's going to come over there and be like, man, what are you watering? Like this, it's a patch of dirt. And you're going to tell him, no, no, like I planted this tree. It's going to grow. And for a whole year, he thinks you're stupid. This is the perfect analogy to use for someone who's grinding in business or starting a startup. You know, right away, you're not going to see results. We did not see results for a whole year. Our friends and family were like, are you dumb? When we thought about awareness day, I told Dylan, Dylan, we're going to be on the news, bro. We're going to get on the news. And everyone who talked to us said, oh, don't, don't dream too big because you don't want to upset yourself. Don't aim too high because you don't know what's going to happen. I said, no, we're going to water that patch of dirt. And that shit is going to grow 40 yes, feet. And
0: that shit's growing, man. And it
1: does, right? So for a whole year, m- not much happened. And then, boom, the tree grew 40 feet. And so you always have to commit to those small actions, even when the plant's not growing, even when the business not growing, right?
2: And just, just adding on to that real quick, just for some of the viewers out there. I'm not saying, you know, this year has been all sunshine and rainbows, because yeah. it's not. And a lot of people definitely, you know, give us positivity when we clean up. But you'd be surprised the people who, who show some negativity towards what we're doing. We say, oh, pollution is too big of a problem. Oh, your small action is not worth it. Whatever you do is, is is not going to grow it. And I'm going to share really quick a a very short story about this donkey and a farmer. So flashback 500 years ago, there was this donkey, there was this farmer and he wanted a well. So he dug a 50 foot hole in the ground and he, uh, yeah, he just dug a hole. Mm -hmm. And this donkey was walking one day and he tripped and fell in the hole. So this farmer was thinking about how am I going to get my donkey out of this hole? And he couldn't find an idea. He, he like tied a rope together like a lasso, threw it down, but it wasn't working. Yeah. So he decided to bury the donkey and put him out of his misery. So he took a shovel, took some dirt, and threw it in the hole. And he repeated that action several times. And the dirt would land on the donkey's head. And the donkey would just shake it off. It would land on his head. And he would just shake it off and then step up.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: He'd land on his head, shake it off, step up, shake it off, step up, shake it off, step up. And the donkey just walked out of the hole. That's amazing. You know, and whenever, you know project has, you're working on good stories yeah, yeah. <laughs> whatever project that you may be working on or if that bamboo tree is not growing you just got to shake it off shake off that negativity yes. step up the positivity yes
0: you know? all right kid i loved everything that you guys talked about so far so now we got to give the people at least one tip if you guys can each give one tip of what can what can someone that that doesn't know that much about about like uh what they can do to, to start? Like, what are some small steps that, that we can take to, to help us move forward
1: environmentally? Definitely. I'll kick one off real quick. I think in today's culture, fast food's a big thing. You know, a lot of people, if they're out and about, they'll go to McDonald's, Tim Hortons, and get a quick meal if they didn't pack one. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I'll give you guys a quick tip that's gonna benefit you both like, for your personal health and the environment. And it's to basically um, meal prep at the beginning of the week. So, meal prep at the beginning of the week, get a bunch of Glass or plat or reusable containers, Mm -hmm. and literally make all of your lunches. So when you leave your house, you can just take a container and a fork with you, so you don't have to stop at a fast food place. You know, I think it happens to all of us. We travel, we don't bring food, and then we end up having to buy something that comes in a package when you don't really need it, and it's not good for your health.
0: And also, I think you got the you got the answer to this, but. Some people use uh, plastic Tupperwares. They put that in the microwave. What's going to happen
1: after they put that in the microwave? Yeah, two things. So you're not supposed to put plastic in the microwave for one. Mm-hmm. This is bad for your health because the chemicals seep into the food. Yep. And then from a holistic health point, when you microwave food at all in general, it actually breaks down the wall, like the cell wall of the food, and your body does not recognize that as food anymore. If you guys want to read more about that, read Paul Chek's book, how to eat, move, and be healthy. Mm-hmm. He breaks down all the holistic things about food, water, and grass-fed beef versus grain-fed beef. Yeah. When you microwave food, it actually breaks down the cell wall, and your body does not react like it like it's like it's food. When it gets to your gut, it doesn't recognize it as food. So, so never microwave. Only stove. stove yeah, or, heat it up. Just heat it up or, on the stovetop. Okay. okay,
2: okay, definitely.
0: You got a tip for us, Dylan?
2: Yeah, very simple. Just pick one thing. There's a lot of environmental issues out there. Pick one thing, and one example I could give is coffee cups. I, I love uh, Starbucks I love timmy's I don't let like their cups though. Mm-hmm. but uh, what I do love is that they give a discount if you bring your own yeah so if you bring your own cup if you buy theirs you bring your own it's like two bucks you get 10 cents off each purchase I'm uh, majoring in finance and accounting minoring in environmental studies at sort of a business mindset mm-hmm. that cup pays itself off Amazing. within a year
0: so so get a cup if you're a coffee drinker get yourself a cup right? yeah. yourself a
2: cup yeah simple and if you drink it use it every day why not right it's convenient it's quick do it wash awesome. it. Perfect. Perfect. one more for fun one more
1: okay one more reusable grocery bag done yes yeah i like (laughs) that one too easy or
0: or no bag just yeah just uh, use uh, the muscle (laughs) (laughs) two watermelons. (laughs) like (laughs) huh okay so um let us let everybody know like where they can find you uh your names instagram names all those
2: yeah so you can find me dylan mendes d-i-l-l-o-n then mendes like sean mendes on linkedin or Dylan underscore menace on Instagram and pick waste plug www.pickwaste.ca. The name stems from, has a dual meaning one, started in the city of Pickering yep. and two, pick up trash. Not a lot of people caught on to that, but yeah. yeah.
1: And then you can, guys, you can find me. I'm Sam Dema. It's just Sam underscore Demma, S A M underscore D E M M A all across all platforms. And yeah, man, check out pick waste, check out our pages and, Let's keep moving. Perfect.
0: So last but not least, we've created our day. We're going to have a pick waste day, continual growth and pick waste together. We would love to have everybody out, as many people as we can. It's going to be on October 6th. You're going to see, we're going to be advertising about it all, all like all throughout the rest of the couple of weeks. Um, And other than that, if you enjoyed this podcast. You already know what to do. You've got to tell a friend about it. Tell a friend about it, especially this one, because this one's environmental. Everybody needs to know about the environment. It's on us to save the environment. And if you like this, subscribe to the podcast. The more people that we have, the more people that we can help. And now it's all about the environment too. Now we can start more people to help the environment. Um, other than that, subscribe, tell a friend, and have a blessed day. Kill every day and own your fucking life. Yes, sir. Bless up.